Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode of the Self Love Club podcast is brought to you by Breast Cancer Foundation NZ. Breast cancer is most treatable when found early. Know the signs, know your normal. The Self Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss women who are doing super cool things with their lives. We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self-love and self-care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. Laura McGoldrick is a broadcaster working across radio and sports TV. With dreams of being an actress, Laura studied performing arts, which naturally led her into the broadcasting space. A strong understanding and love of sport and serious skills saw her land roles in a mostly male-dominated space, which has come with its challenges. In this episode, Laura is really honest with us. I thank her for sharing. It's one of my favourite conversations. We chat about mum shaming, being in the public eye and people commenting on your body and every aspect of your life overthinking, hustling and juggling a career, and the importance of letting women know we can have it all. We're so lucky to have Laura on the Self Love Club podcast. Laura, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. I know you're very busy, so really appreciate you taking some time to chat. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. For those who might not know, tell us about yourself and what you do. Uh, So I work on the hits. I been a part of the Laura Sam and Tony team. I'm about to change though to the 3 p.m. pickup. So all the moms who are picking up their kids from school, you need to tune in to the hits. Uh, I'm also a sports broadcaster. Uh, I work for Sky Sport. I do a lot of live sport, mainly cricket. Uh, and yeah, that's that's a bit about what I do. And you're a mum to a beautiful little girl. She's so cute. Yeah. Oh, she's beautiful. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I have a two-year-old daughter called Harley and uh, she's rad. It's very cool being a mum. Yeah. 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 It's so my best job. I should have started with that. What do you do? I'm a mum. <laughs> so take us back. We'll talk through all of that soon, but take us back. What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Christchurch. I'm a good Cantab girl. Um, still support the Crusaders, even though I live in Auckland. Real, real bone of contention oh, yeah. in my house because my husband is an Aucklander. Um, but I back winners uh, and the Crusaders are that. Um, so I grew up in Christchurch. I'm the oldest. I've got two younger brothers. Um, my my parents are awesome. I'm a very, very lucky girl. I really hit the jackpot when I was born into that family. I tell you that for nothing. Um, I'm from a big family. So my dad's one of eight. Um, so we have, you know, I have a lot of cousins. There's McGoldrick's everywhere. Fantastic. <laughs> and um, I went to school down there. And then when I finished, I came to uni up here. I went to Unitech, study performing arts. I wanted to be an actress. Always, all my life, I wanted to be an actress. It's obviously gone very well. Um, and <laughs> It's uh, a hard thing to do, though, isn't gig. it? Especially in little old New Zealand. Yeah, and then I got in, I sort of fell into broadcasting. Um, my mother is a sports agent, and my dad ran um, uh, the stadium down in Christchurch um, uh, for a period of time. So I spent a lot of time at sports events. Um, actually my whole life, because before my parents got into that, my parents, uh, had a car, com- a car rental company called Budget, Budget Renica. That was theirs and they sponsored the New Zealand cricket team. So that's how we ended up spending a lot of time at the cricket. A lot mm. of people ask me that. 
And uh, so, yes, so great family, very, very lucky girl, moved up to Auckland, um, fell into broadcasting and just kept doing it. Yeah. So when you were young, you wanted to be an actress. Mm. Were you into sport as well? Obviously, you were going to these things, but did you play sport at all? I did, poorly. Uh, I played tennis and cricket and netball. Because I went to a netball school. It's like what you do. Yeah, oh, you, I, I was never that good at it. I think all of us girls yeah, played netball did. growing think, up. Yeah, freezing. Oh, Saturday morning. You know. off at Hagley Park in Christchurch, oh. but you weren't allowed to wear your, you know, your thermal. No, no. Yeah. Freezing. Terrible. Get hypothermia before you, you can do, wear I those. I don't know why that was allowed. Your nails have to be short. Yeah, You're not allowed right. to wear a bloody... Do you remember going and they have to check your nails yeah. every... Yeah, and you used to bend your hands back just a little bit further because you finally got some good growth on them <laughs> yeah. uh, and you didn't want to have to, you know, bite them off. Um, so I did play sport, but um, I, uh, I, uh, I played... Ten- tennis was probably the one I was better at, uh, but had to give it up because I wanted to do... Uh, I need. I felt as though if I wanted to be a triple threat, which it turns out I was not really, um, I needed to get better at dancing. So mm. I did uh, a, like a musical theatre school on Saturdays very coolly um, <laughs> through the latter years in, yeah. in high school and um, yeah so yeah. So how did you get you say you fell into broadcasting how did that sort of happen once you're in Auckland studying performing arts how did you end up in broadcasting? So I I well like anything you finish something like you know performing arts and then you're like oh better start auditioning so I just auditioned for everything and I auditioned for a kids sports show kids sports show and that was based in Christchurch which was going to be great because I think I had a boyfriend in Christchurch at the time as well so very keen to get home yeah. uh, and be with my family and um, auditioned for the show and he hired me uh, this producer called Tony Palmer um, he hired me did a, a kids show called Push Play which was based around that Spark initiative. I don't know if you remember 30 minutes mm, a day, you got to push yeah. play. For kids, so we'd go around lots of schools around New Zealand and meet uh, young kids and, and see what they were doing in their school to encourage uh, moving and shaking. And then um, went to, uh, I did, did some interviews with some athletes and I did one with a, a guy called Shane Bond and Shane Bond played cricket for New Zealand. He was a fast bowler. And someone at Sky saw the interview and said, how and why does that girl know so much about cricket? Uh, my brothers play cricket as well, so I spend a lot of my weekends watching cricket. Uh, and, yeah, he said, oh, it's my manager's daughter. Do you want her phone number? And then that was it. Wow. And that's how it sort of started yeah. with the sports broadcasting. Yeah. So, so then you started working for Sky Sports. Started working for Sky Sports. So I moved in from the cricket show, then actually onto the coverage and now hosting the coverage. And I worked, moved in other moved into other sports, golf, and I, I did a, a few other bits and bobs, such as when you move into a big sporting company like Sky Sports. So I've done lots of things, hosted a lot of their events. Um, and uh, yeah, so did that. And then I decided that I needed to do more because at the time it was just cricket that I was working on. It's obviously a summer sport. Yeah. So what do you do for the six months of the year? You need winter, so you, winter money, you know? Yeah, hello. <laughs> so I went across the road to MediaWorks and I asked for a job there and I ended up just photocopying and making coffee at all hours of the day working for a Radio Live. And um, one day someone was sick. I think Hillary Berry was sick and they needed someone to read the news. And I could, I thought I could impersonate a newsreader. So I did. Mm. And then I started working in different radio stations, The Edge, The Rock. Then I came over here with Devlin to Radio Hodaki and I just kept moving, <laughs> moving around the, the NZME building. I think it's really cool to have multiple things and, you know, within media that you do. What do you enjoy doing the most? What are you really passionate about? I really love radio. Um, I really love it all because it's all different, you know. Like I, I don't know if I could pick. Well, I like radio because I feel I feel very lucky, especially be, being on the hits with the the Laura Sam and Tony show. Um, there's like a real connection with our listeners, and and because I, you know, you sort of have to you, you open up and they become 
like an extended party, your family, your listeners, when you meet someone on the street, they say, oh, how's Harley going at kindy? Or you get a message on the on the text machine saying, oh, you know, oh, we had the same thing happen to us with such and such. And it's like, oh, God, you know, first of all, we're not alone. And second of all, people are actually listening. And, and how cool is it? Mm. It's a real privilege to be able to be in someone's car with them. So, I've, yeah. I, you know, and part of their day. So I really love that. I love the sports side of it. Obviously, I... I care about sport. My husband plays sport. Um, so I think it's very cool to be able, in my position as a fan, but also as someone who respects what they get up and do every day as athletes. I really like that. I like live television. I like live radio as well. Live yeah. is very exciting because anything can happen. Mm. And for the most part, um, I'm steering the ship. So it, it, it lives and dies with me. You know what I mean? So if, if in my ear, when I'm live broadcast for the cricket and they're saying um the the shed's on fire it's my job to be really calm and be like it's all good the shed's on fire but what we're going to do right now is we're going to go to a quick break and then we can you know like it's yeah I, I like that I like that anything can happen well you're a performer that's what you wanted to be well yeah it's performing you know? yeah it's performing yeah. I'm, I'm showing people a version of myself on yeah. the cricket and then I get to be myself on the radio yeah that's so cool. crazy yeah and I think the cool thing with radio is that you are connecting with people because you're, you know, you're talking about your lives, where it's probably different within within cricket. You're talking to the sports players about themselves and the game and things. So it's just different, like it's yeah. different vibe. Because it's actually it's not about me at all. No, My job yeah. is to steer the ship when mm. it comes to the the broadcast. On the radio, it gets to be a bit more about me. And notoriously, I don't really like talking about myself, which I'm sure a lot of people find fascinating. Uh, and also, like, <laughs> okay, Laura. Um, but actually, um, yeah, there's something really nice about being able to talk about yourself when you spend a lot of the time talking about other people mm. uh, and your job. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. What have you found? Like, obviously, paving a career for yourself like you have is not easy. It's really hard at times. What have been some of the you know biggest lessons or any challenges along the way that you've had to sort of work through? Um, I think in the in the television side of it, with the sports side of things, um, it was very hard being a woman um, coming into it, um, and not and not in the ways I suppose a lot of people would think. You know, you get criticism because you're a woman. What do you know? Okay, well, that's not original, is it? Um, the, I was I was lucky. I had a lot of people that were very good to me at Sky and very supportive and stuff. It was actually more because my job at the cricket games, I walk around the ground a lot, um, whether I'm interviewing players or people who, who are at the ground. Um, and it would be from the general public yelling things at me, just downright disgusting stuff that just sometimes I think human being to human being, how or why would anyone say that about someone else? You don't know me. And, and, and it's hard because as a woman, you, well, as a human being, you want to stand up and defend yourself, but you make it worse for yourself if you do. And so you have to learn to ignore it and you have to learn to get really thick skin. And so I think that for a long time was really hard for me. Um, you know, and there's an assumption that, you know, being a female in a sport, of course you've slept your way to where you are, or whatever it is, and, and that's what they would yell at you. And, and I remember very distinctly this one moment where I was walking around the ground at Hagley Oval and I just had my baby and she um, she was in the pavilion and I was going to feed her because I'd finished my bit on and I was walking around and, I, you know, I was like, this is, you know, you know, look at me go, Laura, look at you, well done. Mm. You know, she, she's, she's seven weeks old. You, you, my big goal as a mum was to show Harley that we can do anything. I think what used to upset me is when and used to scare me about becoming pregnant was that it was like, okay, well, you know, you've worked so hard to this point in your career, you're going to have your baby and that's all going to stop because you've just become a mum. And my thing was like, why can't I do everything? Mm. Why does it have to stop because I'm a mum? So anyway, I, this was I, was, I was having a moment of like, yeah, girl. Yeah, well done. And as I'm walking around the ground, I had a, a young man who would have been in his early tw- 20s yell out to me, 
did you have the baby or did you eat the baby, you fat sl-? And then he called me a slut. <gasps> and I just remember oh my God. wanting to cry, wanting to sit on fire and, and, and just, you know, go out. I just remember thinking it was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. And it was so sad that he ruined that moment for me. And But that wasn't uncommon. It's it's still not uncommon to have those things yelled at me and I just feel like it's so wrong. That That's really challenging. That's, that's a huge challenge. So that has been challenging to learn to get a thick skin. And one of the big learnings for me is, yeah, controlling the controllables. I can't control the way other people think about me. And I mm. think, you know, you start in your career and you want everyone to like you, but that's not how it works. That's not reality. So you've got to learn to control what you can control. Otherwise you just end up not sleeping and yeah. your stomach and knots. So you're best just to... Um, to control the controllables. Yeah. What was it like you talk about, and I think it's a really relatable thing for women, especially if you've been really, you know, you've worked towards a career and then you want to have children. And then I think there is this idea that we have to choose and it's like, no, you can, you can do both. It's not going to be easy, but there are some incredible women out there like yourself that are juggling, you know, mum and working life. Did you have this? You had this idea that it was just like that's going to be the end of it, and then I'm going to be a mum, and that's it. Well, that that was the fear, and yeah. I think that was the fear because so many other women had sort of said, "Oh, God, you know, oh, give a baby," and and that sort of it. And but I I just don't think there's enough women that are saying loud enough that hey, you can do it all. Mm. It's going to be really hard because it is. But I was very lucky. I grew up with my mum, and my mum did it all. You know, she was she was a she is a brilliant mother, but she's also a career woman and um, children add to your life. And I think sometimes when it's in the, you know, people talk, you read books and mom, there's a lot of like, well, of course it's hard work. It's always going to be hard work. And I think it's just, it frustrates me that it's so many people sort of make it out like it's the end of the world or, you know, it's the end of your world. No, no, no. It's just an, it's adding to your world and it is hard work. Absolutely. And if you want to be a stay-at-home mum and that's what you want to do, fantastic that you're in a position that you can do that. Good on you. If you can't or you've got a career and you want to continue with that career, it, it is all doable. Of course it's all doable. I just think not enough people are saying that mm. it's doable. And I that that was really scary for me. Um, I, you, don't, you don't want to just fall off the face of the earth because so much of our, our business, as you well know, is about sort of being seen. And as if you're working, you're being seen. And mm. if you go away, people forget about you and then someone else will come in and fill your spot. That was my fear anyway. So um, the big thing for me is that I want to show Harley that, that that just because we're women and we we are lucky enough to be able to have babies, it doesn't mean it's it's the end. We can do it all. Yeah, It'll we- take hard work and, and patience and um, bit of sleep deprivation, but you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> what was that change like in your life? Because you probably, did you have much time off in between? Or did you, like no, you said I, seven weeks you were back, you know, well, working I was actually on TV. Back at th- I was back at three weeks. I, oh. I was doing some acting in a TV series um, called Westside. Um, and look, don't get me wrong. There are some days where I think, boy, I went back to work way too fast. But but in saying that, um, I had to. I felt I didn't have a choice because I love acting and it's good for my soul and it was good for me and I'm grateful for the opportunity that was presented to me and I wasn't going to say no. Of course. So you just do what you have to do in that moment. And if and 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 look, there have been times where I have cried and I, you know, I'm sure I'm getting my balance wrong. But that's all part of being a woman and having it all and wanting it all. And I'm not, I'm not saying I have it all, but you know what I mean. I, I, I that's just part of it. That's just part of the challenges we face mm. as women. Um, but yeah, that whole assumption that we, you know, that's it. Well, you having kids, that's it. You, it's all over. Well, no, having a child, it was the greatest gift. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because it opened my eyes. It made me see what was important. 
it made me realise that I had been taking a lot of things for my li- in my life for granted. Like a lot of my life means I travel. And now when I travel with her, it's like I'm seeing it all again for the first time and realising that, hey, Lord, just stop and look how pretty those flowers are because you want to show Harley the pretty flowers. Or, you know, there's a thing, there's a, you know, little things like that. And I, I'm so grateful for that. And I think it makes me better at work. I think working makes me a better mum mm. because I'm still able to be me. But, I, you know, not that you're not you and you're a mum. That might not make sense. But you're still able to go out and do that and then come home and be the best mum I can be. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I enjoy work as mm. much as I enjoy being a mum. And I don't know why it's a big deal to have both. No, it's not. It's, it's, I think it's incredible that you, you are doing both because you're showing women that, like your mum, you can do these, these things. You don't have to give up. No. What you want no. to have, be a mother. And that's not selfish either to want to still have a career. No, I don't think it is. No, it's I, not. I really don't. And, I, you know, some people send messages and stuff and they say that, you, you know, you're getting your balance wrong. But that's me to decide. That's mm. that's not for anyone else to say. And I, I, I do think mum shaming is a problem. And I do think the negativity around becoming a mum is also a problem for young women as well because they need to know that it's, of course it's hard work, but it's not the end of the world. And that upsets me. Mm. And, and it freaked me out before having Harley. My goodness, I was beside myself. You know, it's hard yeah. enough, you know, you, 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 it's hard enough growing a child and the changes that your body's going through. But mentally, if you love work and you've worked really hard to get to a point and then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's the end of that, you know, because I'm having a kid. Mm. No, 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 what no, was no. your pregnancy like? Horrendous. I had a terrible pregnancy. Yeah. Were you really sick? I was sick from the very beginning. Um, Harley was um, sitting on a nerve, so I actually had crutches through a lot of my pregnancy because my legs stopped working. Mm. Uh, I did an interview with Kieran Foran, who was a uh, rugby league player, and I just fell over midway through the interview, this big, swollen pregnant woman because my leg just stopped working. Because mm. she was, I was, I was so sciatica yeah. and the whole kit and caboodle. But, uh, and, and yeah, and my, uh, my father-in-law passed away during my pregnancy, got sick, and my husband was away through most of it. It was just a very, I, I took liberties with eating as well, so I blew up like a balloon. But that's okay. That's my prerogative. It was the first time I hear that that happens. It's quite common. Um, but but the, it was funny. The minute she came out, everything stopped. Everything changed. It was all worth it. Didn't matter. And the nerve stuff was all right after that. Yeah. No. Literally, literally the minute she came bait, out, yeah. the minute she came out, I could use both my legs again. It was bizarre. Yeah. It was utterly bizarre. What was it like working? I mean, you said during a live interview you fell over. Like, what was it like working during being so sick? Oh, it was uh, oh, it was tough, but you know, by about midday, the motion sickness had had worn off. To, I had these sweatband things on these motion sickness. People must have just thought this woman is a mess. I was puffy from the get go. Like I said, I might have taken taken some liberties with some muffins and stuff. But um, hey, look, when, uh, you, hey, when look, else are you going to do I that? Mean, you know? Exactly. And my thing Make is, I keep most. eating. I'm eating for two. What do you want to do? You're not really there. Three. You're ready for three. Um, but no, it was it was fine. Look, it was just one of those things that we women have to to battle through. If you are sick, and I was really lucky that I had uh, um, I had great support around me with my mum and my dad and my brothers and. You just get by, don't you? Mm. We're tough, us gals. Yeah, we are. And, and like you said before, we do what we have to do at the time. You know, yeah. you, we've all got different things we have to do to make mm. things work, whether it be with our families, with ourselves and our jobs. You just do what you've got to do at the time and you just do your best. Yeah, you do. What was it like in the early stages of being a mum when your baby was born, your husband might have been away a lot with work? How was that for you? Oh, it was, oh, God, it's such a special time. It's the most amazing thing having a baby because um, you've just never seen anything so pure and honest in your entire life. You know what I mean? There's, and this this baby is just, there's not a, there's not a bad thing about it. Um, I, I um, 
Oh, it was, oh I could cry just thinking about it. Um, it. My husband left when she was five days old. He left for five weeks. He went to go to India. And that was pretty tough. Um, it just recently, actually, I my daughter's two and a bit now, and I've just had to spend a couple of days away from her. And, you know, a lot of people used to go, oh, poor Laura, you know, she, the baby's five days old and she's on her own. Well, actually, after being away from her for two nights, I now know that it's him people need to feel sorry for because I have just, I miss her so much. And you just worry about what you're missing for your child. So it's actually harder for him, I think. Mm. But, um, no, my mum moved in um, to help because I had to have a C-section. I had to have an emergency C-section because she got stuck. So um, I needed the help just getting up yeah. So mum moved in, so I was very grateful for that. Um, and it's just such a great time. It's so special. And you're so nervous and tired and confused. Mm. And all of a sudden, you're like, I just remember getting home, getting the baby home and going, what the hell do we do now? Mum's mm. <laughs> like, you just keep living. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. You, you take a couple of days here, get used to it, and you, you'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. I think it's like this moment you're sort of, you're pre, you must be pregnant and it's this moment you're looking forward to. And then I can imagine just bringing the baby home and into your house for the first time and you're like, you don't probably think about that. No, you don't. And, and you go from being pregnant to being a mum. You have nine months to prepare yourself, but actually nothing can prepare you for mm. what you're about to do. And it's, um, it's God, it's just spectacular though. Mm. I'm just so lucky. It sounds like you do have really good support within your family and everything. But, you know, it must be, I guess, again, you're doing what you got to do, but you're having your husband away a lot, especially five weeks, you know, with a newborn baby. What's that like having a husband who's often away with work? And that's just, I guess that's your guys normal. It is our normal. It is our norm. It's something that we've always just, you know, done. I mean, we've been together for nearly 10 years and that's just how it's always been. It's definitely changed when you have a kid. Um, because just so much happens and you can't tell them a time difference and, you know, those sorts of things are, are quite challenging. There's just no other alternative, you know, it is what it is. And his job is awesome and we know that and we know we're so lucky that to be a part of this, you know, especially the New Zealand cricketing family. So, and it's not forever. His job isn't forever. So he's really got to make the most of it mm. now. So we could sit and wallow in our own self-pity like, oh, you know, he's away all this time. But actually... How flippin' cool that he mm. gets to do it got to do. So you've got to you've got to you've got to be grateful and you've got to um appreciate how lucky we are to be doing it. Otherwise, mm. yeah, yeah. No, you you're wasting your time. I yeah. Think. How do you make that work though? I guess communication's important when you can. Communication's huge. It's a lot of FaceTime, although Harley at two now doesn't really want to talk on the phone <laughs> to, to Daddy. Uh because she and she thinks Daddy's in the phone. Oh god, she kisses the phone. It's the cutest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Um but then when she doesn't want to talk, she does not want to talk. Uh, but yeah, look, lots of photos, lots of, lots of calling, lots of texting, all those sorts of things, which then you get guilty because you think you spend too much time on your phone, but really you're just, you're just keeping your family together as much as you can when they're not there. But, um, oh look, we just do the best we can. And Harley and I try to travel like last year, we were very lucky. We went to the cricket world cup, which was nine weeks of just being a family traveling around England, which was awesome mm. we were so lucky man it was cool uh but yeah no it, it, look it all has its challenges but we're not the only ones who have distance you know you think of people in the army and the navy and that you know this happens and and you just get on with it you just get through because you think well what are your options you either have them in your life this way or you don't at all it's mm. one or the other you know yeah so um yeah we make it work we make it work as That's best we good. can and there are certainly some times where it is hard oh my god but um especially when like bubby's sick or something like that you just need a bit of a break and, you know, mm. breakfast hours, it's early. We'll continue the rest of this episode with Laura McGoldrick soon. But first, a word from our sponsor, Breast Cancer Foundation NZ. How well do you know your own breast? Is your left one normally bigger than your right? Is it normal that they're sometimes really sore and a little lumpy? 
It's important to know your breath so you know when something's changed. Know the signs, know your normal. Pre-check, an app by Breast Cancer Foundation NZ will teach your hands what to look for. Download Pre-check from the App Store or Google Play today. I know you do F45 a lot. Talk us through your self-care. How do you look after yourself? Because I know that self-care as a mum, people think, oh, how can I do that? You can still do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what are some of your go-to self-care practices? Well, self-care has not always been something I've been very good with. I have battled a lot with weight and the way I feel about myself, well, like any girl, I suppose, through her life. And um, I've gone through phases of being a really big girl. Um, I don't think I've ever been a really little girl, but... Um, after having Harley, I really struggled to lose the weight because I didn't prioritise myself and my health and and my well-being and and my my self-care as you as you say. So that's something that I've it's taken me two years to learn to do. Um, I um, I don't even know when it started because I got to a point where I was like I didn't want to go to a gym because I felt so gross, but I needed to go to the gym because I felt so gross. Mm. So it's it's all about baby steps and and I think yeah, there's a perception that as a mum, you know you. You can't take an hour out of your day to go to the gym. Don't be outrageous. You know, mm. you've got a baby. But I actually need to because I get real mental clarity after I exercise and I, I now know that. I know how important it is to me. Even before I got pregnant with Harley, I wasn't taking very good care of myself. I didn't prioritise my health and my wellbeing. Um, all I wanted to do was work because my husband was away all the time. So it was sort of a I was in a bit I was stuck in a bit of a in a, in a wheel there for a bit. But since having Harley, I've realized that again, like I say before. When I go to work and I get some perspective and I come home, I'm a better mum. I'm a better mum for having gone to the gym as well. And I want Harley to see that that's important because I genuinely do. This world is so busy. We know that our phones, there's so many distractions. To put your phone down, just to exercise, do a bit for you. It's a really rewarding mm. thing. And F45 is a, is a buzz I got onto. Tony Street got me onto it actually. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Streety. I'm not the fad kind of girl. Like, that's not for me. Went there, loved it, fell in love with it. Love... Um, pushing yourself as hard as you want to on the day. Love that if I don't actually feel into it, I can just sort of do my own, you know, yeah. like I don't have to push myself too hard, but I'm there, I'm moving. Mm. Um, I've got no phone um, and, you know, someone's spurring you on and that's really cool. Um, I love it now. I genuinely, I, 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 I feel incomplete not doing it. Mm. So if you're thinking about it and you want something to, and oh, here's the other thing, it's only 45 minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. It's 45, 45 minutes, minutes out of your day. And it's and, done. Yeah, and like you say, I think it's very important to move your body at least once a day, oh. whatever it is, oh, whatever absolutely. movement. Because, yeah, you say it's good for your physical health, but I think for a lot of us, like, it just keeps your mindset healthy oh, and happy. Could not agree more. Yeah. And I think I can feel quite kefuddled. I think, like, social media, as great as it is, it's also terrible. Oh. And, you know, just mindless scrolling. And I am as guilty as the next person of doing it. Like, my God. And I, 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 the, problem, the problem I have is I know I have a problem with it, but yet I won't do anything about it. So I mean, that's we're all like, stuck in. That, I mean, we're that all stuck in a little bit of a rut. So I, I like the exercise. I like that it takes me away from that. Um, I try, and oh, you know, my hours are about to change again now. So I've set myself a few goals that you know, Harley and I will go for a walk every morning because I, I do think kids need to see that it's important too, um, and become a part of your exercise routine. If it is, if getting moving to you is just going for a walk, put them in the, the pram. Kids, put yeah. them in the pram. Go for a walk with them. Yeah, it'll be a slow walk, but um, you know, it's still moving. And I just think. You know, that's so important because mental health, I mean, if you feel good, I mean, that's everything, isn't it? Mm. Everything yeah. benefits if you're everything benefits. Space as well. Yeah, and yeah. then I find that if I move more, I want to eat better. Whether as I'm, if I'm, you know, sit on my ass, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to Uber eats something. Yeah, you know, no, you're right. Pizza. <laughs> um, but in saying that, I, um, I actually started 
I am not a fad person, but I started intermittent fasting about a year ago. And um, I, because I was eating, I'm very good at eating sugar. Very good. Oh, who isn't? I mean, I, if there was a sport that was around (laughs) eating junk food, who's your winner? (laughs) Um, So I needed to like cleanse my body. I just needed to rid myself of what was there. And and so I don't, I don't deprive myself of things I want, but I I, I don't eat till midday. I just have black coffee and water and and green tea until midday. And then I eat till 7.30. I just make my window smaller. And I've just found myself, I, I lost a lot of weight. Plus about 12, 15 kilos, wow. I think. Intermittent fasting and F45. So I've I've I found my little routine. It works for me. You found what there. works for you. And yeah. I think that is self-care. It's like mm. what works for you or the next person is going to be different. And it's very, pers- self-care is very personal. It's like what works for you. Yeah. Like work it out. Yeah. yeah I'm not suggesting the intermittent fasting. No, good. but like that's that's great. That, that just worked for me. And I was never a huge breakfast person. So I just. Yeah. yeah. Coffee's so, great coffee. anyway. I love coffee. Um, but it's actually, I find finishing eating earlier in the day, I eat with my daughter. Um, so she finishes by 6.37 and I don't, you know, it's quite nice going to bed on not a full stomach. Yeah, That's something that I used to be really feeling. bad at doing that. You know, you get to bed and you're like, oh, God, I shouldn't have that last, last piece of pizza, my God. <laughs> Need to sleep that yeah, off. Oh, oh, oh. You wake up and you're like, oh, dear. <laughs> um, so that's been quite nice. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, been getting a bit more control around my food and through the exercise I want more control of yeah. my food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's all a... You feel like eating salads when you exercise. You don't feel like eating burgers all the Mm-mm. time. You know what I mean? But then sometimes you hey, do look, feel like having a burger. So I have the burger. It's okay. And don't feel guilty about it, you know. Now, yeah. balance. I do believe, you know, everything they say, 80% of it's in the kitchen. And that's so true. So, true. It's so annoying. Damn, that's eh? true. You can look at it and you're like, you know, whatever. But then you're like, yeah, nah. No, yeah. That's, that's yeah. absolutely correct. I guess for you as well, you are you're working a lot and you're being a mum. And so do you get much you time or is, 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 is for you, is that the exercise part? The exercise part's my time. Um you know, I'm not going to lie, sometimes the aimless scrolling through Instagram is my time. Mm. Um, but I, I I, probably, I don't have a lot of me time. No, I really don't. Yeah. That's why the exercise is important. But also time with my girl because that makes me the most happy. Yeah. Just hanging out with her. Mm. Um, that's enough me time. Yeah. You sort of had mentioned that there at times can be mummy shaming. Talk us through that. Like what sort of, what have you experienced with that? Because it, it must be hard um, I think being a mum and seeing how everyone else is doing it on social media and then maybe if you're doing something, I've got friends that are mums and they'll be like, you know, people will comment on their car seat and random things like that. And oh, it's like, bizarre. But I didn't realise it was such a big thing. So yeah, talk mommy, us through that. Mummy shaming is the pits and that's the worst because you only ever want to do right by your child and you are never trying. You're doing the best that you can and the best that you know how. And I think it's, I've had, you know, comments about, working too much, comments about going back to work too quickly, um, comments about, you know, oh God, what I dress her in, you know, all those sorts of things, which is just, you know, you, you have to you have to draw a line in the sand and go, you know, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to, I'm not interested in what they think. You know, I'm sharing it because she looks beautiful. And to me, she looks beautiful um, mm. and I'm doing the right thing. And I guess at the end of the day, we all need to remember that we're all fighting little battles that we don't know about, you know, and you just got to be kind. Mm. What is the point? And I don't, you know, like, I just don't know what the point is sometimes in some of the stuff that people write. Why? Why do you, why did you, why did you feel like you needed to take the time to actively go into there and tell me that you think I'm doing a crap job? Why? Are you, are you a perfect mum? Mm. Are you are you good at that? Is it because because you you know we don't know what what's going on behind closed doors for a lot of the people, and I just think that it's it's pretty unfair what we do as women. I, I do not like the women v women thing, and I no. feel like when you become a mum, 
people just deem it appropriate to go even harder at you, which I yeah. think is ridiculous. Um, like I say, we're all just doing the best we can and the best we know how. So you just sort of respond by not responding? Yeah, I don't respond. Um, it used to get me very, very upset, very, and I used to get, oh, my God. But there's no point. There's no point. It's just hours out waste of your day. Of your energy, it's just a waste yeah. of your energy, a waste of your time. Yeah. Um, and that's hard, especially because it's, like I say, you're just trying to do the best for your, your kitty monkeys. Um, so that's that's hard. What have been some other challenges along the way that you've sort of, I guess, whether it be being a mum or in your career, like have there been anything else that have been really hard times? Um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone in this industry that doesn't have self-doubt. Um, and, you know, you'd, you'd hate to think that ever stopped you from achieving what you actually could. I'm really great that I, I was brought up with parents who told me that I could do anything I wanted to do and should do anything I want to do. Um, so I've got a lot of support from them when I say, you know, damn, I have just not spent enough time with Harley today or I'm just not getting my balance right. And my mum's very like, Laura, she is happy. She's with her nana. Uh, she's happy with me. We're having a great time. It's not like she's missing out. So just, you know, and, and I, I, so that's been really great. And I think that's been the key to me being able to do everything I have. Um, I think every, everything comes with its challenges, um, but it's just how you balance them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, and how, and you rank them, how important they are. So my biggest challenge is getting my my work and my my mum, my life balance, right? Mm. And also the other thing is I think that uh, a lot of people forget, and I'm probably guilty of this and I probably should not admit this on a podcast, is that maybe I, you know, I need to also um, balance my relationship as well when my husband's home, be a bit more. No, there's nothing <laughs> you bad know, to admit You know what that. I mean? Like because you're so a mum and then you work and then you're also a wife, but you're also a sister and you're also a daughter. Yeah. Damn, you've got. It's hard to be everything got, to everyone. Yeah. And, then, and I don't like letting people down. That is that, and, and that upsets me. And I'd hate to think I wasn't giving you know all of the mm. people in my life are important the attention that they deserve. So I think it's all just balancing. It's a, huge, it's a balancing. And then act. people say, "How do you learn to balance?" Like you just you do don't. the best you can. Like how do you learn to balance? It's like, well, like that's just life. You just you just do the best you can at the yeah. time with what you have. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I yeah. guess a lot of people in this industry, I think people wouldn't realize that we often do self doubt. Us or oh. doubt ourselves a lot. We always wonder, are we doing a good job? Like, I'm terrified about what people are going to think about this podcast because I'm like, have I been too honest? Or have I not been honest enough? Or, yeah, 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 no. And should I have said that about how I intermittent fast? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, no, there's a lot of overthinking, I think, that goes in. And we're surrounded by these overthinking people. And it's, it's, hard. it's hard. It's not easy. No, it's not. And I'm my harshest critic. I always have been. Um, I have a high standard that I set for myself. And if I feel like I've slipped under, I can come down pretty hard on myself. Yeah. Um, and that's a challenge. Uh, one of the biggest challenges is I think just from becoming an adult, especially as a woman is learning how to talk to yourself. Mm. That's something that I haven't quite mastered, but I know that I need to, yeah. you know, cause we can, we can be very cruel to it ourselves. Oh we? yeah. Oh, totally. I think sometimes we're the, yeah, we're our harshest critic. We're the meanest, meanest girl to ourselves. Oh yeah. We're the biggest problem. <laughs> Do you think sometimes there's like negative self-talk maybe yep. or like, uh, cause I could understand that when you, when you have very high standards of yourself and you're like, Oh, I didn't do a very good job. I wasn't, that wasn't good enough. You know, I could be doing better. And it's just trying to switch that around, like be hard on yourself, but then like be actually nice to yourself and go and try switch. It's hard. Like it's not easy to do. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's like taking a compliment, right? Um, whether it's from you yourself or from someone else, the bad stuff is always easier to believe. Well, you know, I think a lot of the time, you know, people say, oh, you're so beautiful, but you've got quite big ears. Now, what part of that are you going to remember? You're going to remember that they part. said that you're going to be beautiful, you know? Yeah. 
I don't think I have big ears now. No, you don't. Oh, no one's ever said that to me, by the way. Oh, okay, good. I was like, well, that's a weird example. But you know what I mean? So I I think it's all we we need to learn how to talk to ourselves and how to accept compliments better. Yeah. Or that for me, you know, because like I can think of an example right now, Eden Park in the fourth T20, I said the wrong score. I said 273 for three, but what I meant to say was 278 for, for three. And um, I still think about that. I will wake up sometimes in the night and think about that because, come on, Laura, you're better than that. You know, mm. do I remember the rest of the stuff that I did really well? No. Yeah, no. you're right. We do focus on the bad, don't we? There'll be yeah. like, you know, some great comments made to us and you remember the one bad the one. The one bad one. I yeah. know. We, yeah, it's, we need to switch it around. What is some advice you would give to your younger self? Younger Laura, growing up in Christchurch, wanting to be an actress, what would you tell her? I would tell her that her mistakes do not define her. Um, and you're supposed to make mistakes. Mistakes are good. Mistakes are how we learn. It's what we do after those mistakes that we should judge ourselves on, mm. not the mistakes that we make because we live and we learn. That's the whole That's the whole point. And I think, um, yeah, your mistakes do not define you and to not sweat the small stuff. As cliche as do not sweat the small stuff is mm. because it's just such wasted energy when you could be worried about stuff that actually matters. Yeah. You know, 273 for eight, 273 for two. Who gives a damn? No one else remembers that. It's okay. Do you know what people want to know? Who won? You know, it's just a score. See, so don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Um, And you are good enough. Yeah, totally. That's such an important message because I think a lot of us have grown up thinking we're not. For some, our parents didn't tell us that for a lot of us. Why did we think that? Because we're looking at what our perceived perfection is on social media and it's thrown in our face and, 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 and we look at it, I scroll, I look. So I come off social media sometimes, I'm like, oh, I feel so gross. Mm. Um, but I think we need to start telling each other and ourselves that we are enough mm. and we are good enough. Mm. Totally. Yeah. That's that's really powerful. What about, like, I think, like you say, a lot of us in our teens, 20s, we sweat the small stuff, we worry about stupid boys. Oh. Was that a thing for you at all? I mean, you've been with your husband for a really long time really now. Long time. Oh, I went out with some real dicks, though. Don't worry about that. <laughs> went out with a couple of real... Oh, well, that's refreshing God. to hear. Cause I like, went out with some horrendous men, and I actually was down to the fact that I was going to end up alone because there is a perception because of my personality on TV and what people see that I am full on. And don't get me wrong, I'm full on. But some of my favourite things to do is to sit in silence because mm. I talk all the time. Yeah. So people, people underestimate what I think... They think that they know you, which is awesome, and, and they know a lot about me, but I don't think they know that one of my favourite things to do is to sit in the, in the quiet and read or mm. to, you know. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and I'm, I don't really talk a lot when I get home because sometimes I'm just all talked out, which would shock a lot of people because yeah. I think they think all I do is talk. Well, it's um, really draining talking all the time. God, is it what? Tiring. And you give a lot of yourself. Yeah, it's a lot of energy. You give a lot of yourself and you want to, and I, I love it and I feel privileged to be able to do it, but it's exhausting. Yeah. It is exhausting. Um, so, um, yeah, I was really resigned to the fact that I was just going to end up alone. I've got two cats. I thought I'd just keep adding to that. I think a lot of us have had that fear, though. Especially, yeah. especially when you're in maybe a career where people think they know you or they think yeah. they know what you're like. Or and I didn't want to. I didn't want to go out with someone because. Well, I didn't. First of all, I didn't think men, men didn't want to approach me because I am. I'm quite. I don't know. I, I suppose it's a bit intimidating with a woman who you know likes. Or at that stage, it was talk sport. Likes talk sport. That's the sort of guy's like, oh, no, I don't want to of that. And mm-hmm. so I thought, oh, right, well, that'll be me then. I'll be end up alone. That'll be good. Yeah. That'll be good. How did you work through that, though? Because, that's I mean, that's a big fear a lot of us have had. Well, it was 20 at the time, so yeah. I think that yeah, I was well, probably a little okay. extreme in my you thinking. You weren't 30. Yet. I wasn't 30 like some or 40 or 50. <laughs> um, but I think the thing with um, – I, I had my fair share of heartbreak, um, and I think the thing that – 
the minute you stop worrying about it, the minute I met Guppy and everything changed. Yeah. So it's quite funny how it sort of works. It's once you let go of things. Oh, and, my God. And, and I you know, think sometimes we wear our anxiety all over our faces. Mm. Are you going to like me enough to yeah, ask yeah. me out on a date? And then it's like, no. Am I doing something weird with my face? Oh, my God. Will we get married? I mean, I think that we, you know, I yeah. certainly probably do. I'm... I'm an open book. So. No, but I think that's the thing. I was actually talking to a friend the other night about it and how our perception of dating has changed as we've gotten older. It's like, you know, if you're going to have these ideas of going into a date and you're trying to imagine, like, how does he fit into my future? Like, What does Laura Smith sound like? Is Smith an okay surname? Or yeah, I keep no, my and own? that's the thing. We start creating a future with this person we've only met and we're going on some dates with. Like, just chill out. It, just it, relax and be in the moment. Yeah, and just don't think about all those things. But mm. I think as you get older, you do have that fear that I'm going to be alone. No one wants to be with me. And, like, when you have those feelings, I feel like people pick up on that vibe. Oh, my God. So yeah. of course you're going to be alone. There you're is giving a off, smell of desperation, yeah, and I people, think, about it. Guys hate that. They, no, guys do. Guys, and I th- yeah. And I don't think, I think we become less of ourselves because we're so worried about the future when actually that's another thing I would tell myself, um, advice I'd give my younger self is to stay in the moment and be present. I'm a real control freak mm. and I I like to know where I'm going and know what's going And that is not how the world works. No, and I think you learn as things, there's changes, like you say, that are out of your control mm-hmm. and you can't control that and... Mm-hmm. So what are you supposed to do about it? You've got to ride that wave and you just got to stay in the moment and, mm. and and be present. And being present is something we as a society nowadays are not good at. No. Because like I say, your phones and it's so accessible. And I think actually you've got to set some rules around the phones and also for yourself because you don't want to get to a date with a guy, a lovely prospective suitor, and spend the whole time looking at him wondering what he, how he's going to age mm. for when you're 50 and you're in your, you know, your anniversary photos then. You know, you, you need to stay in the moment and mm. just talk and listen. And that's yeah. one thing I don't think we're very good at no. is listening, yeah. listening to each other. Mm. you're listening to me now no yeah (laughs) but that's that's good advice I think for women who are listening maybe thinking when's it going to be my turn because the thing with social media is you see couples you know all loved up having a great time and that's like what you see yeah so people who are single maybe who are listening might think well when's it going to be my turn it's like your turn will come your turn will come just relax yeah you've just got to relax because you just need to it will it will happen when the time is right and you'll meet someone and they'll come when you least expect it Mm. like the gupster and I I interviewed him on a on a cricket show. Is that so? That's how you met. That's how we met. Aww. I interviewed him on a cricket show, and he made me so nervous. And I don't get nervous. I don't get nervous. He's this thingy, this big buffy ginger here, and I was like, "You are so adorable." Oh, I'd like to take you home to meet my cats. No, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know, did you? Not straight away. Eventually, no. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, we still got our cats. Yeah. <laughs> you still got the got, same cats. Still got Coco and Jemima. Yeah, our cats. Yeah, they were your cats, and then you and found now a cat daddy. You know? got a cat dad. <laughs> You'll get a cat dad. It was my goal in life to get a cat dad. How bad does that sound? Yeah, no, no, it's not bad at all. Mm. A little bit bad. <laughs> Hey, look, it worked out for you. So. It's gone okay. Hey, it's there's hope. Okay. There's hope. <laughs> what about, um, you've given us so much advice through just talking about things you've done and, and things you've learned. What is some advice you would give to women listening, whether it be wanting to just have a good life or do great things and have an epic career like you have? What would you tell them? I think that a lot of us think that we need to be someone else to be successful. When being authentic you is what will make you successful. I think we underestimate, you know, we want to do these big, you know, things. We want to change the world. We want to do those things. But we can change the world for some people. So we need to remember that. Mm. And I think that's something that perhaps we don't. We are a lot stronger than we think. And we are a lot more powerful than we think. And I get scared for 
you know, young women who are coming up being mums, like I said before, that genuinely concerns me that, you know, we're sort of a perception that you can't do it all. You absolutely can. Damn right you can. If you want to stay home and be a stay-at-home mum, that is your prerogative and you own that. There's, you know, I don't like when people go, I'm just a stay-at-home mum. No, you're a stay-at-home mum and that is a hard job. Mm. All those career women who are CEOs of big companies and they're also mums or, you know, I, I don't I don't like that we have to be it has to be a label and I'm just a stay at home mum right yeah I'm a CEO I, I you know we can do it all and I think don't underestimate the power of being a woman mm, don't water yourself down don't water yourself down mm. own it I, I think and I think there's that perception that it might scare men because women can like if they're you know, doing great things. They can, like you say, be intimidating. Yeah. I've been told that. Like, you're intimidating. I'm like, really? I'm really not, but I'm, cool. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much. Actually, that says more about them than it does about <laughs> you. Um, just because we are strong and we know we know what we want to do, we mm. know where we want to go, doesn't make us intimidating. Mm. just makes us strong. And I think if a guy can't handle that, well, he's not the guy for no. you then. So I thank you. Yeah, thank you. So you want a guy that is going to hold you up and stand beside you and respect you and love the fact that you know exactly what you want and that you, you, are, you are a capable, beautiful young lady. Oh, thank you so much for your time today, Laura. And everything you're doing, you were incredible. And don't for a second think you weren't, okay? I am horribly sorry if that was really no, boring. No, that was not boring. Uh, it might be. You were very hard on yourself. Thank you, young lady. Yeah, take your own advice, Laura. Just shut up. (laughs) Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Breast Cancer Foundation NZ for making this episode of the Self Love Club podcast possible. Explore the signs of breast cancer, learn how to check your breasts, and set reminders to self check. Download Pre Check from the App Store or Google Play today. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Please subscribe for weekly episodes and catch up on apps you may have missed. Reviews and sharing the Self Love Club with your friends and on your Instagram stories helps heaps in spreading the self love message. You can keep up with the Self Love Club at Self Love Club Podcast and at Bell Crawford on Instagram. Plus, find resources and blog posts on my website, bellcrawford.com. We've got heaps of boss babes coming up to empower you through the rest of the year with weekly episodes available each Monday. Catch you soon, babes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.